Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Real Me and Colin, a movie podcast where you didn't really ask for it, but hey, I'm going to give it to you anyways. Uh, this is a podcast where we talk about anything, everything, anything about movies. I'm your host Chase Lee and hey guys, listen, um, you know, this is episode 139 and you know, if you were on the internet looking for some weird uh, fetish site and you accidentally came across my podcast and you're not a movie fan, well hopefully I can convince you to be one, that is my main goal in this joint. Um... So welcome everyone that's watching on YouTube, uh, listening on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, iTunes, or SoundCloud, and watching on Facebook Live. Uh, welcome, and if you were watching on Facebook Live and uh, you want to comment down below and tell me how awful I am or talk about some of the movies I'm going to talk about, some of the, the Comic-Con stuff that dropped um, yesterday, then you can do that, uh, and I will respond and uh, keep that keep that going. So, yeah, so speaking of that, guys, this is episode 139. Wow, we're getting to that, um, almost that three-year mark. That's That's just crazy to think about. So... Um, first of all, you guys doing pretty good? You guys doing, uh, pretty, pretty awesome? You guys see any, uh, awesome movies and get excited for all the Comic-Con stuff? Speaking of that, the, uh, layout for the show today is gonna go as follows. Um, there is one piece of news that I wanted to address, um, uh, from Comic-Con that happened yesterday, and then, of course, there is a shit ton of trailers that dropped, and then I'm, 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 it's not like a fucking Looney Tunes character. Excuse me, let me take a deep breath, um... I'm going to have my review of Star Trek Beyond and Lights Out and then, of course, box office results for the weekend. And then we'll wrap this thing up and you guys can go home or do whatever the hell you guys were going to do on the Sunday and uh, have a good old time. So, uh, welcome once again to Real Me and Colin Movie Podcast, guys. And if you are watching on YouTube and you want an audio-only version of the podcast, the link will be in the description below. If you're uh, listening on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, uh, iTunes, or SoundCloud and you want a video version, link will be in the description below. Alright, so let's not waste any time. There's a bunch of shit to talk about, so... Let's talk about the one piece of movie news that kind of floored me and kind of caught me off guard. Um, so at Comic-Con, a lot of stuff drops. A lot of news drops, photos, uh, trailers, casting announcements. There's a lot of things that you know will just kind of come out of the blue and really just kind of take uh, everything by storm. And this one kind of took me uh, by surprise and whatnot. And uh, what is that piece of news? There was a teaser trailer that came out called... The Woods, I want to say like a couple months ago, and it was really nothing but um, some shots of a forest and with, you know, some critic quotes on there saying like, this is one of the scariest movies of all time and stuff, and you're thinking to yourself, my God, what are we going to get ourselves into? This is going to be a great, you know, horrific adventure and whatnot, so uh, I was like, yeah, I'm totally on board, it's from the director uh, Adam Wingard who did uh, The Guest, and I have a poster of that in the back, uh, if you're watching on Facebook Live, you can see that right there. Um, he also did Your Next, and he also did a, a segment on ABC's of Death. So I've been a huge fan of his, and he's starting to really kind of come up in the whole, like, genre, uh, uh, world. It was revealed that The Woods is actually going to be a Blair Witch sequel. What the fuck? Like, who kept... I want to know who kept that under wraps, because whoever it is, they must be working with J.J. fucking Abrams and learning how to keep a secret tight-lipped. Because no one had any clue that this was going to be be a uh, Blair Witch sequel. I still remember when the first one came out and uh, I was nine years old and I scared the shit out of me and I still like the movie to this day. It's still one of my favorite uh, found footage movies for sure. And then the sequel, uh, not so much. The sequel sucks ass. Do not watch the sequel ever under any circumstance. Uh, So yeah, I was really looking forward uh, to the woods, but the fact that it's going to be a Blair Witch sequel Hey, sign me up, man. So that news uh, dropped over Comic-Con. And another piece of news, this is kind of an obvious one. There's a, there's a few obvious ones. I'll throw these two out there. Ben Affleck, for sure, is going to direct the solo Batman movie. That's kind of cool. Um, 
we all knew that. We all knew that was going to come. I kind of figured it was going to be in his contract anyways. So that's kind of like a no shit piece of news. And the last like no shit piece of news is uh, something uh, I um, said in this podcast a while back or whatnot. And um, I want to kind of just reiterate because they announced it yesterday. Brie Larson, uh, Oscar winner for the movie Room. Very great film, by the way. Uh, She is going to be playing Captain Marvel in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. Sign me up. Yes, please. Take all my money. I will be there opening night. Uh, Not only is Brie Larson a very uh, gorgeous actress, she's a very talented one. So she's she's got that that eye candy appeal for um, for the looks, but she's also got the talent to back it up, and you can't beat that. So Brie Larson being Captain Marvel, it's gonna be really cool to see her play um, a superhero and be like in these hardcore action scenes and whatnot. So I'm really stoked to see that. That's it for the news, guys. I mean. Yep, <laughs> but don't don't worry. The trailer section is gonna be super long, so it's gonna kind of balance out. Anyways, there's a bunch to go over. I don't even know where to begin. Okay, let's talk about Ash versus Evil Dead season two. So I'm not really like too privy on doing like television trailers and stuff, but I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna be a little biased. I'm only gonna review the trailers of shows that I have seen, um, and especially ones that are like on Netflix and stuff, since Netflix is kind of you know coming up in the ranks in terms of like streaming and whatnot. Uh, I'm always on board uh, to review Netflix trailers and whatnot. But if uh, another one comes out for like you know a, a show I watch on HBO, Showtime, or Stars or whatever, I'm going to review it. So there's a reason why I don't review the Game of Thrones trailers because I don't watch Game of Thrones. I know it's sacrilegious, but I will get to it uh, eventually when I am retired. So uh, Ash vs Evil Dead season two. Uh, trailer dropped and it is super bloody it's super gory it is so much fun i love the first season um if you guys are a huge fan of the uh evil dead movies and stuff i would highly recommend ash versus evil dead it's one of my favorite tv shows uh running right now season one blew me away i was completely invested in the characters i love the adventures that they went on it was super stylized in the gore and the violence and stuff and it had like that supernatural horror element that you got from the first one uh uh, first Evil Dead and the comedy to back up with it. So, yes, 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 yes. If you are a fan of the first season, the trailer for season two has just dropped. Continue on for TV. Um, two, well, technically three, but the third one doesn't really count. It's just more of like a teaser of like logos and uh, wording and stuff. Uh, Netflix is a Marvel uh, TV uh, arena. You know, you have Daredevil, you have Jessica Jones, you have Daredevil season two. And we are all just kind of clamoring for more content on that side. And, oh, God damn it, we're going to get it. So, Comic-Con, they uh, they released uh, a trailer for Luke Cage and Iron Fist. And a teaser, I put it in quotes because it's nothing but wording, just kind of flying up and going, the Defenders. Um, Luke Cage had a, a really cool kind of clip to show his uh, strength and um, his abilities. And the Iron Fist was just like literally 30 seconds to just kind of like set the mood and stuff. And I got to tell you guys, I am super fucking stoked for um, uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage. I, I'm really excited to kind of continue on this like Marvel Cinematic Universe within the television world. I love Daredevil. I love Jessica Jones. I love Daredevil Season 2. They just can't do any wrong so far. And I'm really looking forward to Luke Cage. I'm just wondering, like, who the hell is going to be a foe against him? This is a guy that has superhuman strength and then, uh, uh, his skin's unbreakable. So it's like, who the, who the, who's he going to even tackle? I have no clue. Like, who's going to take him down? Like, who's going to be that one person to be like, Luke Cage, get on your fucking knees. I'm going to take you down. So... I don't know, but I'm super stoked for it. Uh, it's got a really cool uh, uh, 
just a really cool gritty vibe to it but it's also kind of like it got that levity and like kind of fun with it too especially with the song that plays throughout the trailer it um it just looks really uh really fun and just can, can continue the um kind of like that that universe in the television world iron fist looks cool gotta see more though but i am super pumped to see it and of course i'm excited to see the defenders i'm excited to see all four of these characters come together and fight justice in hell's kitchen so that is it for the television trailers guys so let's move on to uh, all the um uh movie trailers that dropped because there was a shit ton now i'm gonna do the comic-con ones last but i'm gonna get to the ones that um uh, dropped before Comic Con, so one of them that so one of the ones that dropped before Comic Con was the uh, uh, Hands of Stone trailer, and this is the one starring Edgar Ramirez and Robert uh, De Niro. Hey, yo, Bobby De Niro, hey, yo, fucking yo, fucking shit, yeah, right. Uh, so, um, for Hands of Stone, uh, I forgot the boxer's name, but it's another boxing movie. Robert De Niro is the uh, um, guy, uh, the coach or whatever, the mentor uh, and whatnot, and. Uh, it looks like a really cool boxing film. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm a huge like uh, boxing film fan. I love me some Southpaw, Raging Bull. Haven't seen uh, the first Rocky yet, but I've seen Rocky Balboa, and that's a really great one. Cinderella Man. I haven't seen Ali though, and I heard that one's pretty great. So uh, my favorite one thus far to this day is Raging Bull by a landslide. But I really do appreciate uh, boxing movies for what they are. Oh, and Creed. Forgot to mention Creed. Um, I really just love uh, an underdog story it's, it's one of my like guilty pleasure like weak points in movies and cinema if i see an underdog story particularly in a boxing film i'm gonna fucking see it and i'm gonna be their opening day hands of stone looks really great it looks like robert janeiro is gonna really act you know uh, go back to his acting um roots <laughs> not you know just take a paycheck it looks like he's actually gonna try and uh, i'm excited for hands of stone and uh, what was the other one the miles teller uh bleed for this i, I believe um I'm looking forward more to the bleed for this one just because the story seems a little bit more interesting in terms of what the boxer went through and whatnot, but um, this one looks really great, and I will definitely watch it. The next trailer that dropped uh, before pre-Comic-Con is the... Uh, where's that? Oh, Triple X 3, The Return of Xander Cage. <laughs> so, you know, when this trailer dropped, you're probably thinking to yourself, oh, God, is, is Hollywood actually sneaking in a porno in uh, the schedule? Well, that wouldn't surprise me, but no... Um, uh, for all you uh, uh, beautiful ladies and gentlemen that are my age and grew up in the 90s, <laughs> um, we were treated to the first triple X, I believe, when we were like about to like hit our teenage years, I think. And then triple X 2, State of the Union or whatever, uh, came out with Ice Cube. Vin Diesel wasn't in it. So Vin Diesel is coming back <laughs> for the third one. And uh, it looks ridiculous. It looks like it just balls out fun. Like you just you go out to that movie, get some popcorn, stuff in your face, and just be like, yeah, man, there's some fucking motorcycles flying on the backs of zebras. It's like, what? This, is, this makes no sense. But you know what? It's, <laughs> yeah, see, Matt's in the Facebook live chat room. <laughs> Jet skis in the jungle, man. There's a fucking scene where he jumps out of a helicopter plane, I forgot. But he's literally on skis, and like he skis through the jungle. And that's the type of fucking movie that this is. I actually want to see it, because... Are they great movies? No. I didn't see the second one, but I don't need to, uh, to be honest with you. I just want to see the ones with Vin Diesel. Hey, I'm going to take some skis and just go down the jungle. Family. We're all about family. Um, no, <laughs> it, looks, it looks fucking ridiculous and great, so I'm I'm all on board for it, so sign me up. Um, and the last trailer, pre-Comic-Con, um, is In a Valley of Violence. Now, this one stars John Travolta um, and Ethan Hawke. 
is a western. That's all you need to know. And it looks really cool. It's uh, directed and written and edited because he edits all of his movies by Ty West. And he did, um, what was that one? The House of the Devil, I believe. And he did The Innkeepers, I believe. He did a few others. He's, he's primarily known for horror. Oh, that's what it was, The Sacrament. I saw The Sacrament at a film festival, I think, like two years ago. So he's more known for horror. But this Western kind of has like a kind of like a horror vibe to it. It's not like, you know, blood and guts and stuff, but it's kind of like got that unnerving feeling um, as you're watching your stuff like, oh, God, like these two guys are going to throw down and whatnot. And Ethan Hawk. Ethan Hawke looks like he fits in kind of like a Western universe and uh, atmosphere. And he's going to be in the Magnificent Seven remake in September. So, you know, I, I can believe that Ethan Hawke can do no wrong because the guy's in like 20 movies a year. Uh, and the John Travolta, he's always fun to watch. But if Ty West is doing it, I'm actually just really curious because I've just watched nothing but horror films from him. So seeing a Western... Yeah, I'm, I'm totally down for it. So, uh, that is the last trailer before Comic-Con. Now, for Comic-Con trailers, we have one, two, three, four, uh, five, six, seven to talk about. Now, some of the Netflix ones I talked about were in Comic-Con, but I wanted to lump them in with TV. So, oh, there's a lot to go through. All right. So, the first one, I'm going to do all the uh, non-comic book ones first, and then we'll get into the comic book slate. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is the Blair Witch trailer. Now, I just uh, said in the news that they uh, they took the woods and they switched it on us, bait and switch, pulled the rug out from under us, and now we have fucking spinal injuries because our backs just hit the fucking floor. The Woods is the, the Blair Witch movie, and the trailer dropped for it, giving us a kind of like an extended look as to what the story's going to be about and stuff. I gotta be honest with you, I really don't care to watch any more trailers, um... Not to say it's bad, it's not. I meant in the sense of, like, I don't want to watch anymore, I just want to go see this fucking movie. I'm excited for The Woods, I'm excited for Adam Wingard's um, uh, take on this kind of, like, genre and uh, woods and whatnot. Because when he works with his writer, Simon Barrett, and he does movies like The Guest and Your Next. Your Next was a really fresh take on the Home Invasion movie. The Guest was, like, a really fresh take on Home Invasion movies uh, and kind of a, a huge throwback to, like, 80s music and Michael Myers and whatnot and it just it, that duo seems to bring a fresh take to every single movie that they do and this one looks like it's no different it looks like they're really gonna sink their teeth into the found footage genre and getting lost in the woods and stuff and like aliens monsters whatever the hell uh, they want to do and stuff I'm excited to see it this trailer uh, showed me a little too much that's why I'm gonna say that I don't need any more trailers but um, in terms of excitement levels and as a horror fan i am so stoked for this one blair witch i'm checking it out the uh, next one that's not a comic book movie is um kong skull island let's talk about that one this one surprised the hell out of me now uh kong skull island is going to focus on king kong uh back in the vietnam war area please correct me if i'm uh wrong down below and call me uh, an asshole um but yeah i think it takes place during the vietnam uh era and we see Tom Hiddleston, Brie Larson, John Goodman, and John C. Riley. They go to Con or Skull Island. They find King Kong, and chaos ensues. Now, Warner Brothers is wanting to do a Godzilla versus King Kong movie that's supposed to happen like 2020. So yeah, like three and a half years away. So good luck. Make sure you don't die before then. Um, um, no, so they're going to do a, a, a battle movie with them too, and uh, I'm really stoked to see that because I got to be honest with you guys, I'm a, I'm a fan of the 2014 Godzilla movie with. Um, 
uh, Brian Cranston, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and directed by Gareth Edwards, who's going to be directing Rogue One later this year. I'm a huge fan of that movie. I I understand people's complaints of like you know God's no Godzilla's not in there all that much and stuff, and it's all stupid human drama. When you have a movie of, uh, with with a giant fucking lizard, you know you gotta add some human elements to it, and you gotta make it to where we see it from their point of view because we're watching it as them. And, you know, we have to have someone that we can be grounded to. And I thought the, the build-up to him was great. Like, because that's the thing. You don't want to blow your load within the first, like, you know, act of the movie. You want to wait for that final act in the final act of the, or the final battle in the, fa- uh, the final act or whatnot. So I thought the build-up was great. And I thought it was totally worth it to see him fight, uh, um, what was it, Mothra? It was like Mothra and someone else. I forgot. It's been a while since I've seen the movie. Excuse me. But... Um, I really liked the battle at the end. I love the opening of the mouth and shooting the fire breath. Oh, God. Like, that was, like, one of those moments where you, like, stand and go, Yeah, we're on Godzilla's side. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to Godzilla's sequel and the fight between that and King Kong. But, I'm sorry I diverged a little bit. But, going back to the Kong Skull Island trailer, I thought the look of it looked really great. The colors of, like old Vietnam War era, it kind of had the same color scheme as like an Apocalypse Now where it was like really heavy on the oranges and the reds and the greens when they were appropriate when they were in the jungles and stuff. It just, it, the color palette is so beautiful and just so, it just draws you in. The cinematography is really well done. They showed some glimpses of Kong and Kong looks really cool. Um, but the acting looks all, it's, looks like it's all there. I just, I'm really excited for it. Like just trailer really kind of set this epic monstrous tome um to this film and i i can't wait man kong skull island might be my favorite uh non excuse me non-comic book uh movie trailer from yesterday it's just that good guys so excuse me the next uh trailer i want to talk about is king arthur starring charlie hunnam the guy that barely escaped uh 50 shades of gray and jude lines uh, directed by guy ritchie who has done snatch uh, Lock, Stock, and Smoking Barrels, uh, the Sherlock Holmes movies, The Man from Uncle. The guy knows how to uh, put his indis- or distinctive flair and style on movies, and I really do appreciate Guy Ritchie's films, Snatch being one of my favorites. King Arthur looks fine. I mean, I'm not really like that stoked for it, to be honest with you. The, the cinematography looks really gorgeous and really just kind of like... Uh, deep and rich in the, uh, those colors and stuff and they have like a kind of a dour color scheme instead of like a brighter one to make it more you know uh gritty and realistic and stuff and i don't know it looks fine it looks like a nice little adventure movie and hey listen if good reviews come out and more trailers come out and they win me over then sure i'll i'll go for it but in terms of like this first trailer it's fine and charlie Hunnam looks like he's gonna do fine and stuff it just looks like a fine movie it's not anything that i want to go out and pay for so you know, maybe I'm wrong. Tell me down, I'm wrong down below, please. Um, the next trailer I want to talk about is Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them. So they released their Comic-Con trailer uh, yesterday, and uh, I love it. Um, is it November yet? So uh, Eddie Redman, Colin Farrell, um, uh, Catherine Waterston, uh, Dan Fogel, I believe, and a bunch of other... Um, a slew of people they're going to be in this movie and it looks so great it just looks like it's really bringing like that magical touch of a harry potter film 
it's going to be its own thing, but still have like that connective uh, tissue to the original Harry Potter franchise. I like all the magic scenes in it. It just kind of makes, it puts that warm feeling in your heart. Like, yeah, I'm going to go see something related to Harry Potter in November. I'm a huge uh, Harry Potter nut, guys. I, I have all eight movies, and I, I really like... Um, uh, I liked all of them ever since uh, I watched the first one in the theater as a kid. I grew up with these actors, and so I grew up with them during these films. And I just there's such a, a, a special place in my heart for this franchise and stuff. I really like watching them and, and whatnot. I, I, I would look forward to watching each installment every single year. I purposely did not read the books. That way I could be surprised in the movies and whatnot. And it totally paid off when I was in the Deathly uh, Hallows Part 1 and Part 2 screening. Completely blown away by everything. And I, I was just satisfied all around. So, yeah, but Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. I cannot wait. It looks like a really great Harry Potter prequel. I mean, that's the best way to describe it. If you're not a Harry Potter fan, obviously you're not going to like this one. But if uh, you're a fan of that franchise, I believe that you will be purchasing your tickets as soon as you can and waiting until November. So, so uh, that's... Yeah, we got three more trailers. And these three are comic book related. They're what Comic-Con is all about. And this is what everyone is talking about. So let me give you my two cents on them. First one I want to talk about, let's start with Marvel first. Because they did the lesser of uh, trailers. They only released one. That would be the Doctor Strange full fucking trailer. Finally. Because we've been watching that same trailer for like six months now. It's the same teaser, same shots. And we're just like, come on. Can, can you give us something new, Marvel? Please. So, um, this trailer. I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. I, I really liked um, the expansion of the story. The expansion of the villain and what he's going to be doing. The expansion of some of these like fantastical... like. LSD looking acid scenes of like full cities folding in on themselves and shit. So, um, creatively, it looks like bonkers out of this world. It looks like it's going to really stand out against the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, but still be a part of it. I'm excited to see how they're going to tie everything in. Benedict Cumber, uh, Eggs Benedict Cumber, Cumberland looks really great uh, as the uh, main role. Um, his American accent's not too bad. It sounds, it sounds pretty good. Um, Chiwetel Ejiofor looks really good. Tilda Swinton looks like she's going to be a great mentor, uh, with him and whatnot. It just looks like a really different, uh, Marvel movie to this. I know I say that about every single Marvel that comes out, but when you have all these different ones, you have to keep it, uh, fresh. You have to step up your game every single movie. This movie looks like it's going to do it and it's going to really take it into more of like a, old uh, alternate dimensions like fantasy route and whatnot and i'm super excited to see where they go and how fucking trippy it's gonna get all right so that's all that marvel release dc was the heavy hitter yesterday and released two trailers well one was really a trailer one was more like a like a sizzle reel putting like just random clips and scenes together to kind of entice the audiences so let's talk about the trailer first wonder woman dropped her first trailer she just dropped it uh, right on top of us, and we didn't see it coming, and now we're all dead. Um, I really love this trailer quite a bit. It reminds me of like, uh, like a mix between like Thor and Captain America, like put together. It's got like the fantasy god element of like Thor, and then it's got like that realistic kind of war element of like a Captain America. I just think it, like aesthetically, it looks really great. The battle scenes looked really cool and epic. I just, I, I actually, I'm not going to lie, I actually really like the uh, chemistry between Chris Pine and Gal Gadot. Now, I'm not totally sold on Gal Gadot's acting yet. I think she did a really great job in BVS, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, and um, I thought she was fine. Like I said, she 
she's fine in the movie. Can she carry a whole film? That's what I'm still worried about a little bit. But other than that, this movie looks fantastic. It looks like a really great epic film. And I'm excited to see what was the damaging thing that Wonder Woman uh, said in BVS where she was like, I gave up on mankind a uh, hundred years ago. What was that fucking thing? I'm, I'm curious to know like what drove her over the edge where she's like, humanity sucks. You guys need to fucking pack up and go home. Um, and then she just, you know, leaves and go under, goes undercover. Is it, you know, Chris Pine character? Do they get attached? Is he? Die? I don't know. It's, it's gonna be really great to find out. But this trailer looks epic, looks glorious, it looks funny, it looks uh, fun. It, it looks like it's gonna have a, like some really great dramatic heft to it with the whole war aspect and whatnot. I can't wait for Wonder Woman. Looks great. And the last, but certainly not least, uh, final trailer of this uh, podcast. It's a sizzle reel, but, you know, it's a trailer, kind of, um, is the Justice League first look. Um, now, it's like a two-and-a-half-minute sizzle reel of a bunch of different scenes put together. We see Batman. We see Aquaman. We see Cyborg. We see The Flash. And we see a little bit of Wonder Woman. You know, she got her own own trailer, so don't want to hog it. Um, I like this uh, sizzle reel quite a bit. And I'm really excited to see where they're going to take these characters. Because I... Listen, guys. Uh, I've said this once and I'll say it again. I am a fan of Batman vs. Superman. Dawn of Justice. Um, I actually bought the Ultimate Cut. Um, it is back there in my collection somewhere. It's three hours long. And I can tell you right now, that is a huge improvement over the theatrical cut. And it is so much better. Like, that is the type of movie I want to see in like a Wonder Woman or Justice League. Don't hack this shit up. If you feel confident about your three-hour cut, please release it to the public, and you probably wouldn't have gotten so much vitriol hate as you did with BVS. Now, so yeah, I recommend the Ultimate Cut highly if you guys are curious about it. But in terms of Justice League, uh, Batman looks like he's uh, really going to wrangle in all these characters like he promised at the end of BVS. Uh, I like the personalities of The Flash and how he's just really quick. He's like a Spider-Man. He's a Spider-Man except he's super fast. Uh, Aquaman looks like he's going to be really hard to work with, but he looks really beastly and stuff. Jason Momoa really kind of puts that whole like stereotype of um, Aquaman to bed and makes it really uh, uh, believable as this badass like god of the sea. So he looks really cool. Cyborg looks interesting. I I, I don't know much about him. I got to be honest with you, but I do know that you know he was obliterated and his dad put him together and made him uh, half cyborg, half human. So he looks interesting, and uh, Ray Fisher looks like he's going to do a great job. There's a few uh, issues with the trailer. One, Ray Fisher is wearing a high school uh, letter letter jacket, and the fucking dude's like in his 20s, I believe. Or maybe even in his 30s, I don't know. But he just looks too old for that jacket, so he doesn't really pull off a high school look to me, but he'll probably pull off the, um, the action scenes of when he's actually cyborg and stuff. Um... And then some of the scenes actually went on too long. Now, I liked all the scenes with the Flash and Batman and stuff, but i got to be honest with you guys. They were drawn out just a little bit too much with the quips and the one-liners and stuff. I get it. That's what Flash's personality is. But you got to shorten the scene now. you got to cut it up and kind of edit it a little bit more tightly because it just kind of seemed to drag on a little bit in the trailer. But other than that, other than that, I thought the trailer was funny. I thought it still had, like, that dark tone. Um... It looks like it's going to be epic. I can't wait to see all these characters on screen and stuff. So, listen. I am a full defender of BVS's dark atmosphere. I am a 
a fan of Man of Steel's dark atmosphere. I've never had a problem with the fact that they've taken these movies dark. But it does seem like in some of the jokes in this trailer, you know, i.e. the scenes of The Flash and Batman, seems like they're stretched on a little too long to show people, hey, this is going to be more fun, lively, funny type of movie. That's lovely, but just please don't make it overbearing and take away from some of those dramatic elements. These are a bunch of gods and Batman. They're fighting these, like, terrifying creatures. There's got to be some type of dramatic heft, so please don't make it just, like, pure 100% funny, fun, and, like, goofy and all that shit, because it's just going to take me out of the element, but uh, I don't think they're going to do that. I I know it's going to be a good balance because Zack Snyder is still directing the Justice League, and, you know, he's done movies like Watchmen and 300 and stuff, so I know he can bring that dramatic heft, but it looks like they are going to take it more of of a fun route, even though for people like me, I've never had a problem. With the um, uh, <laughs> with the darkness of uh, BVS and Man of Steel, so yeah, fuck me, right? So that's it for the trailers, guys. That was a lot to talk about, and it took up almost thirty minutes. So uh, yeah, so what was your favorite trailer uh, pre Comic Con? During Comic Con, some of the news that dropped. What was your favorite trailer? Comment the price that's right below my face and let me know. I'd like to know what uh, what you thought. Did you think DC won? Did you think Marvel won? Um, do you think Warner Brothers won? Because shit, fucking Kong, Kong Skull Island. I'd take that over most of these movies. And I'm a, a comic book junkie. So, you know, it's just, uh, it was a crazy day yesterday. And I'm really glad to uh, watch all these trailers and all this content and stuff. It just gets me more excited for the movies. All right, so let's jump into the meat. Now, the uh, the appetizers are gone. I've talked about some of the news, some of the trailers and whatnot. So now you guys are all fucking prepared. You guys, you guys came here for this very reason. Let's talk about Star Trek Beyond and Lights Out. Now, I'm going to review Star Trek Beyond first. Because I got a little bit of an issue with Lights Out. But we'll get to that in just a second. Alright, so Star Trek Beyond. Just got back from seeing it. And uh, I got to give you guys a little backstory. I was never a huge fan of Star Trek. In general. Never watched the TV show. Well, I take that back. In high school, uh, my friends Drew and Corey... Every time I go to their house, they sometimes be watching, like, uh, I, I don't know if it was the next generation. See, I'm not too caught up on my lore of Star Trek, but they would watch Star Trek episodes and whatnot. And I found them intriguing when I just never got into the movies or the television show and whatnot. And, hey, maybe because I'm a, a stupid millennial, I, I have no clue. But, never been a fan. However, in 2008, still remember this, I was sitting there ready to watch Cloverfield, which is produced by J.J. Abrams. The teaser trailer for Star Trek released in front of Cloverfield. Comes out in 2009, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, this one looks this looks really good. And I think since J.J. Abrams is doing it, I'm totally on board. I was blown away. I liked all the chemistry between all of the actors. I loved all the characters. I loved just going on these adventures with these dudes. And it really had this night, like, really just fun atmosphere. The... I could literally I could sit there for many many hours watching these guys go on mini adventures, and after that 2009 kind of reboot of the franchise, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. I still like it to this day. You know, Into Darkness comes out in 2013. I really like that one. So I'm just thinking to myself, dude, as long as they keep making these like just fun adventures, I'm gonna like them. Are they like my favorite movies in the world? No, but they're really fun to just sit down there and watch. 
They're just great pieces of entertainment. Now, I know a lot of people that will piss off because the show and the older movies, they're more like philosophical type of really deep, deeply character-driven movies with like a little bit of action, but they're more, you know, about philosophy and whatnot. And I get that. And they have those sprinkled throughout the movies, like the, the new ones. But yes, it is more apparent that they're more action-based, but... I still have fun time with these characters and whatnot, and I was excited to see Beyond. I was not disappointed. So let's get real and break this down. So let's start with the writing and directing. Now, in terms of the writing, they actually got uh, Simon Pegg to co-write this movie. And a lot of people were like, Simon Pegg writes? Believe it or not, if you guys don't know this, Simon Pegg actually co-wrote with Edgar Wright, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. He's a great writer. He knows how to bring the comedy. He knows how to bring the levity, but he also knows how to draw back. And really build on these character moments. If you watch like Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End, it's got a lot of great emotional moments between the characters that you would never expect from a silly comedy about aliens or zombies or you know the the police in uh, a town that they're in. So um, I thought this was written really well. It's just a really nice little adventure. Um, you know, the Enterprise gets shot down. They all get separated, and then they all come together to try to uh, leave this planet so they can go back home safely. And what I really liked about the way the story progressed is when you have all these characters separated, you have time to focus on each individual character. As a collective group, it's amazing to see Chekhov, Sulu, Bones, Spock, um, Kirk, uh, and uh, I forgot Zoe Zaldana's character because I'm not a hardcore fan and people are going to fucking hate me. Uh, I like them as a whole and it's just really nice to see them as a whole. However... When they're separated in this movie, you kind of see each of their personalities shine a little bit more and see a little bit more depth in between uh, Spock and maybe uh, uh, Kirk and uh, Scotty and stuff. So, um, yeah, that's what I really liked about the, uh, this one. Sorry, someone just like walked past my window and I always get really easily distracted because I'm, I'm a fucking uh, dog. I'm just like, oh, squirrel. Okay, so in terms of the way the story is written, I do like the fact that they it's just a... a a really fun adventure with the separation of all the characters to kind of build upon them even more because I really want to see more of these movies. And then they come together and try to fight the bad guy and whatnot. My only, like, one of my few issues with the movie is the villain. Now, I like Idris Elba a lot, and I think he's a really powerful actor. He's got a voice presence that will, like, scare the shit out of you, and he's a really great actor. I didn't feel like he was, like, as threatening as like maybe a Benedict Cumberbatch from the previous one, and I didn't really care for Eric Bond in the first one, but that's kind of been my main like issues with the whole like new franchise in general. As the, their villains are kind of weak. Now I'm not going to say what the twist is for Star Trek Beyond, just in case if you want to see it, but it's kind of underwhelming. I'm just like, okay. And as much as I like the adventure of the whole movie, and I, I like see, seeing uh, how the movie played out, they do spend a lot of time trying to get back to the Enterprise and like the like three-fourths of the movie and then the last fourth is you know them trying to fight um Idris Elba's character uh Edison and it's like you know uh I just I I don't know man it just seemed a little underwhelming to me I don't know if I was looking for more uh in terms of like the story or just having it be this grand epic movie since it is the third installment I have no idea what I was looking for but Maybe that's what I was looking for. Maybe just a grander epic story. Because, like I said, the twist didn't really, like, um, do me. 
anything and it's just that character in general was just kind of like eh, okay and he was barely in it and like i understood his motives but it was just like okay i wasn't like that emotionally like investive uh as i was from maybe like into darkness and maybe that's because ben at cumberbatch was like in prison for most of that movie and like he was intimidating and whatnot and i found idris elba intimidating but maybe just not as intimidating as i thought he would be especially considering the fact that he looked like a fucking terrifying lizard creature that would just like come in the middle of your uh, house in, in the night and just like suck out your heart uh, then you just lie there on the bed like dead so i thought he was a little weak and i thought you know um like i said most of the movie takes place with them trying to get back to the enterprise and get off this planet and like it's a great fun story but it's not really that like interesting and stuff uh even though i do like some of the smaller character moments so i don't know it's kind of hard to explain guys i really had a fun time with it it's just that i thought the story was just it was kind of weak so it was the villain and whatnot but getting into the directing and the style of the movie, it is directed by a different person. It's not directed by J.J. Abrams. It's directed by Justin Lin. And he directed Fast and the Furious 3, 4, 5, and 6. So I knew this was going to be an action-heavy movie. And some of the sequences in this film are brilliantly done. At the very beginning, there's like a 20-minute sequence of, uh, you know, the Enterprise fighting uh, a bunch of things. That's all I'm going to say. And it takes a while, but... You're so invested in the action and like the the brutality of the scene, you're kind of just like, wow. Justin Lincoln actually created a better action sequence than J.J. Abrams. Like it was kind of a, a, amazing. So, in terms of the way the movie was constructed and just the fun atmosphere and the action set pieces and the the practical set pieces and the smaller character moments and stuff, I think Justin Lin did a great job taking uh, the reins from J.J. Abrams and really just kind of making his own and just creating another fun adventure with this cast and uh, crew. So, yeah, I I thought he, for the most part, he did it justice and just created a really uh, kind of action-packed Star Trek, which is is, is something cool, something different. Um, But I I do realize that he can get out a lot of comedy performances out of these actors, a lot of dramatic moments and stuff. So I actually want to see Justin Lin maybe do the next one if if he's totally cool with that. I'd be totally fine with that. But you can definitely tell he adds his own distinct flair to it because, like, you're like this. This does feel like a Fast and Furious movie and stuff. But you know, it, this action in this movie is um, it's on a scale that we really haven't seen from this franchise so far. So I thought it was really well done for what he was given. Uh, acting wise, listen, everyone's been doing these roles for almost ten years now. Like it's been seven years, but you know, uh, by the time the next one comes out, it'll be pretty damn close to. Um, you know, 2019, it'll be almost 10 years since these guys have played these characters. Chris Pine does a great job. Uh, Zachary Quinto as Spock, there's more to his character and stuff. John Cho as Sulu. Anton Yelchin, rest in peace, as uh, Chekhov. Uh, you have Zoe Saldana as the... I forgot her name because, once again, I'm not a Star Trekkie. Um, and uh, Carl Urban as Bones. That guy always fucking cracks me up. So is Simon Pegg as Scotty. Those fucking guys, man. Their comic relief is on point. It is sharp. It is awesome. But everyone does a great job. I mean, there's only so much you can say in a franchise like this when this is their third outing. If you're not doing your job correctly, then, you know, fucking get fired. But, no, all these guys do a really great job. So I'm not going to talk about them anymore. But the the newest people, Sofia Botella, uh, who plays the uh, newest person, creature, I forgot her name. I apologize. Uh, Obviously, I don't pay attention. At all. I just wing this. Um, <laughs> I just go on Wikipedia and just read these movies and just review them for you guys. No, I just... I forgot her character, but she was really badass. I really liked her determination. 
to just get shit done, and she was uh, she had a lot of badass qualities about her stuff. She was just a really great warrior. Um, she's got the white face paint and the black uh, streaks down her head. Uh, she was really great. Now I we got to see a little bit more acting chops from her because she was the uh, chick with the sword legs and Kingsman. So she didn't really have much to do in that movie except you know flip around and stuff, which she was really great at. But in this one, we got to see a little bit more of her acting chops, and I think she does a really great job, and she's going to be a great addition to this franchise. Idris Elba, I love the dude so much. He was fine in the movie. Just fine. Uh, There was a couple of moments where he felt terrifying and threatening and stuff, but for the most part, it's like, I don't know, it's Idris Elba in some rubber makeup. So, I don't know, he was just fine to me, but uh, Zofia Botella really... Um, made the movie so much better in my opinion. She was just a great addition. I cannot wait to see her in the future. Uh, Cinematography-wise, once again, uh, going back to Justin Lin's directing, the action sequences are really well handled. I also noticed that uh, Justin Lin used a lot of movement in his cinematography. The camera was always moving, whether it was like starting upside down and flipping up to right side and kind of pushing into the characters and whatnot. And for the action scenes, it would kind of do you know these heavy sweeps and whatnot. So he was always keeping the the camera moving and always keeping uh the movie uh moving at such a really kind of like high energy fast pace and stuff and that goes with his directing style he adds that energy and the cinematography does just that and um going with the cinematography the special effects the practical effects the sets look really uh great they have like these sci-fi fantasy elements and stuff and it just looks like you're on this this world uh with these guys you're not on earth with sets or whatever you're on these random planets fighting these monsters and stuff you feel like you're there and the special effects whether they be cgi or practical they're really well handled and really well integrated into the cinematography to make us feel like we are on this uh frontier with these people editing wise moves about two hours long this has got to be the fastest one out of the three. And uh, I was really impressed uh, on just the high energy that this movie had. Like, from the movie... The, from the movie. From the moment this movie started, it starts and does not let go. Even when you think the movie is done, when they complete their task or whatever, something is right on their ass once again and they're trying to fight them. So it's like, it never stops. But it, it just adds to that entertainment factor. And that's exactly what this movie is. That's exactly what this franchise is. For a simpleton like me that doesn't has never gotten into the Star Trek because I'm not smart and I don't, I guess, like philosophy or whatever, um, a lot of people that love Star Trek will get on me for that. I get it. I get it. I get it. But for someone that was really never into it and whatnot, and I will give it a chance one of these days, but I really like this new rebooted franchise that J.J. Abrams has produced. And it's really kind of bringing in these new fans to this franchise that was a dying franchise to begin with. So I think... With having this third installment and this new one, it's just really kind of heightened my excitement for more installments to come. I think this was really well handled in the action department, in the acting department. I thought all the scenes were just really well crafted together and just really kept that energy throughout. It was just really kind of uh, high, fast-paced energy. It was very, very entertaining, even though the villain was kind of a letdown and uh, the story was not like the best thing in the world. It was very simple, but... Um, entertaining nonetheless. I'm going to give Star Trek Beyond a B-. minus. So have you seen Star Trek Beyond? Or have you even heard of it? Of course you've heard of it. Comment in the place where my face and let me know. And what you think of the uh, newly rebooted franchise as well. Um, I, like I said, I'm not like the biggest Trekkie in the world. Nor am I, am I saying that all three of these movies are the best fucking movies ever. However, 
all three of them have been fun, entertaining things that you go see at the movie theater and you just walk out feeling happy. That's the best way I can describe it. So let's move on to the second and final movie review of the podcast and it's Lights Out. Okay, I have to be the fucking bad guy when talking about this movie. And what do I mean by that? Is this. When I was watching the movie, I was like, okay, this is just an average little horror film. I'm enjoying myself. It's fun. It's got some really scary sequences. It's got some really creative uses of like light and cinematography and whatnot. Um, I, I'm, I'm enjoying this. And then the fucking ending happens, which is a ballsy ending, by the way. But then, immediately after that, it was like it didn't even matter. And then the movie just ends, and you feel like you were just gypped, and like <laughs> you feel like you just like wasted your whole fucking like eighty minutes on this thing. And it made me even more mad the more I think about it. Uh, ever since I did see it, which was on Thursday. So it's been a few days, and I'm just thinking about it, and I'm just I'm hating it more and more and more because of that fucking ending. I'm not going to spoil anything. It's spoiler-free, so let's get real and break this down. Let's start with the writing and directing. Now, it's directed by David Sandberg, I believe, and he actually did the uh, YouTube short it is based on. If you guys have not seen it, it's called Lights Out, and um, it's really creepy. It's got the same premise. You turn off your lights. You can see the silhouettes or whatever. You turn them on, um, and the creature's gone. Off. There's the creature. Boom, and uh, uh, there it is. Uh, and then at the very end, it's got a really creepy uh, creature that will make you uh, kind of stay up throughout the night. Now, I really like that short. And so I was like, how are they going to even turn this into a full-length feature? Now, James Wan, who is the director of like Insidious, Insidious 2, The Conjuring, The Conjuring 2, uh, Saw, Dead Silence, Death Sentence. The guy is one of my favorite horror and genre directors. And he produced Lights Out. So when you give uh, that stamp of approval, I'm like, okay. I'm totally on board. So what David Sandberg did for the full-length feature, it's fine. Like, there's nothing, like, exciting about the movie. I do like some of the sequences, like I said, with the creature and with the the terror sequences with the lights going uh, in and out and stuff. I appreciate that. They're really well edited, sound designed, and uh, acted. That's not the problem. The story around the scares... Is just mediocre at best. And uh, there's a lot of exposition scenes. Especially one in particular. You knew that it was coming as soon as she said like. Hey we need to go here and talk about this. And let's sit down and talk about the movie. And then it just the movie just kind of trails on. And just it, it's the same stuff over and over again repetitively. With the, this creature and the, the dark and whatnot. They're just moving from one place to the next. Then the ending happens. You're like oh wow that was actually a ballsy ending. I will give it that. But then the movie just fucking ends after that, and you're like, they didn't, they didn't really make any, this. It didn't have any emotional impact, and so the whole thing was just lost. The movie was fine. It was just fine. It was a fine little PG-13 horror film. And then we get to the ending, and it just ends. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? The movie just unravels within the last like three minutes of the whole story, and I'm like, what the hell just happened? So, for the most part, the writing is fine. The characters are fine. They're average, standard, PG-13 horror characters. And then we have an exposition scene that just... Why? Like, why do we have to explain everything, like, all in one sitting like that? 
some of the characters are flat, and then I just don't, didn't care about any of them. Some of them make stupid decisions, and then the you know the ending it's it's awesome, but it's whatever the fuck. So for the most part, I think the director, I think he did fine for his first feature, but he's really got to grow, and he's got to really do. Movies are not going to piss people off like this. I, I just don't know how to explain. It. Like I like his style. I think he's got a fine style, but he's got to learn how to fix story problems that are so apparent like that, and kind of mold it and make it something different. Or like, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know how to fix it because it's it's his baby, and I don't I don't. Uh, I mean, I've written some scripts and shit, but I I was thinking there sitting there thinking like, how the fuck could you end this? Like, how could you have done it any better? I honestly can't think of it. But for what was shown, it makes me so angry. Because like I said, and I won't say it again, the ending was ballsy. I liked the ending. It was what trailed after the ending. I was like, well, that didn't really... Had no weight to it. Just (laughs) fucking gone. So I think for the most part, it's kind of like a half and half. I think for the directing the horror sequences and the terror sequences with the creature and the light and some of the characters, those were all handled. The story around it, mediocre and shitty at best. Uh, sorry. Um, Acting-wise, everyone does fine. Like it's, it's not like you know a terribly acted movie. Some of the characters make stupid decisions and some of the dialogue is it's whatever, but they do fine. Uh, Teresa Palmer, I've never really been like a huge fan of her, but she's fine. She's serviceable. The kid's fine. The boyfriend's fine. Maria Bello, and I love her to death. She's fine. I just don't really care for any of the characters in the situations that they're going through. Um, Cinematography-wise, this is where I'll, I will give the movie some credit once again. When David Sandberg directs those sequences, they're really well shot. I like the silhouette of the creature with you know the, the backlight and the back so we can actually see it and stuff. And then when the lights are on, it's gone and stuff. It's creepy. It adds like that creepy, terrifying atmosphere, which I'd love to see uh, directors try to do and try to do something different with this genre and stuff. And I think he really brought some uh, ideas to the table in terms of the way the movie was shot and the way it was lit and stuff. Um, that, was, that, that was definitely not the problem. But going back to the story-wise, this creature cannot... Uh, be in light, correct? Uh, it basically just vanishes. There's a few scenes where the light's on the creature and like it burns or like the light is clearly on the creature and it doesn't do anything. So there's some inconsistencies there as well. So just keep that in mind. Editing-wise, this movie's an hour and 20 minutes. It's one of the shortest movies I've seen all summer. Once again, I would have given this movie a flat-out C and just called it a day and be like, listen, for an 80-minute little horror film, it was fine. There was nothing spectacular about it. It's not something I'm going to write home about, and it's not something I'm going to recommend, but it was mediocre. However, the ending just like derailed everything, deflated the whole fucking movie, the whole fucking story, and I just didn't give two flying fucks about it afterwards. So I was going to give this movie a C. But for that ending, ugh, I'm sorry I keep mentioning it, but it's, just, it's so frustrating. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I didn't care about any of the characters. Very mediocre at best, and the ending deflated. I'm going to give this movie, Lights Out, a D+. I know it's shocking because everyone else is clamoring for this movie. They're like, oh my god, it's like the best horror movie ever. No, it's not. It was mediocre at best until 
you fucking know by now. So D plus for me, it just didn't really impress me, and it just makes me more pissed the more I think about it. So lights out. What'd you guys think of it? Comment the place for my face and let me know. Um, Matt in the chat room has agreed with me. He says it's mediocre. So I don't know. I'm in the minority in this one. Everyone else seems to love it. So yeah, fuck me, right? So and the last uh, piece, guys, of this podcast is the box office results for the weekend. Um, yeah. Sorry, guys, I forgot to pull it up. <laughs> How you guys doing? You guys doing pretty good? <laughs> so uh, I pulled it up. All right. Let's talk about the uh, top five for the weekend. <sighs> oh, I forgot that came out. <laughs> okay, first of all, uh, Hillary's America, The Secret History of the Democratic Party came in at number nine. Um, I saw this movie. I ripped it a new one, gave it an F-, and it's got 36 dislikes um, and two likes on my channel. It's got like almost 500 views, and you should see you should see some of the comments. They're pretty pretty brutal. And there's a uh, uh, <laughs> there's a there's a couple of them are like you know there's a reason why your your reviews and going vi- viral because it sucks. And it's like, but you guys are making it go viral. You guys are sharing it to people going look how stupid this guy is. So you're stupid within yourself. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, Hillary's America is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's the worst com- uh, documentary I've ever seen, but it's one of the best comedies I've ever seen if you were drinking. So that came in at number nine. So suck it, people that just hated me for hating it. Um, number five is I forgot this movie even came out. Ice Age Collision Course was the fifth installment of the movie, and uh, it's 21 million. Yikes. Um, and its budget is 105 million. It needs to make about 210 million uh, with marketing and stuff. I'm gonna say about 250 just for shits and giggles to break even. It'll probably do that. You want to know why you're thinking 21 million though in the domestic, which is the U.S. and Canada? Yeah, but this movie's a fucking like a uh, weird missile going through the industry right now because in the foreign markets, this thing is a dinosaur. Literally, it is just stomping through everything. Going, you know what? We're here to fucking stay. It's worldwide numbers this weekend, almost 200 million. So it's almost broken even. This movie's fucking big overseas. Jesus, it just keeps going, man. But here in domestically, you can see that everyone's getting sick and tired of it. But form, dude, it's fucking killing. Um, number four is Lights Out with 21.6 million. Remember that number, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's budget, it made its money back plus twofold. Uh, 4.9 million is the budget. So it needs to make about, I'm going to say 12, maybe even 15 with the marketing to break even. It made $29 million worldwide opening weekend. It made profit. You know why? Because these horror films are easy to make. They're cheap to make. It's just the way it goes. Good for it. I just don't care for it. Number three, with $21.6 million, same number as Lights Out. So this could change uh, uh, tomorrow. But as of right now, this, uh, this Sunday, this is the bur- Excuse me. <coughs> that's the first time I've sneezed on air in quite a while. Did you guys enjoy that? No. All right, moving on. No, um, 21.6 million. And this is the projected numbers for Monday. Uh, so it could change tomorrow. But as of right now, as the time of this recording is the same as lights out 21.6. Um, let's see how it's doing. Ghostbusters got a $144 million budget. I'm going to say about three fifty with marketing and stuff. Cause they did a shit ton of marketing. Um, Wow. <laughs> it's 86 domestically and 122 worldwide. Yeah, this movie was tanking pretty fast. And the fact that it didn't open up in China is huge because China would be 
very helpful, but they ban supernatural movies, so sorry. Uh, number two is The Secret Life of Pets with 29.3 million. Its budget is 75, so 150 to break even. Uh, and then, of course, you got marketing stuff, so I'm gonna say about 175, maybe even 200. It's at 323 worldwide right now with a 260 domestic, so yeah, it's doing pretty good. I didn't see it, but uh, it was pretty awesome. Uh, number one is Star Trek Beyond with 59.6 million, so let's just round it up 60 million for shits and giggles. Um, its budget is 185, so it needs to make about uh, what is that times two? Uh, 370 uh to break even but with um um the marketing and stuff i'm gonna say about 400 just to break even um right now domestically it's at 59 and worldwide to 89 it's got a long way to go but hopefully it gets legs and stuff i think it's a very fun movie that you need to see in theaters please don't wait for it to be on streaming please support this movie and uh rest in peace leonard nimoy and anton yelchin you guys went off on a high note being part of one of the best franchises um of all time Please go support this movie. So, yeah, it's it's a fine number, but it needs to definitely have more for sure. Uh, <laughs> Matt's on the Facebook Live, and uh, <laughs> he, he's like, uh, those comments on uh, uh, my review on Hillary's America are brutal. They are pretty brutal, man. It's, it's pretty pretty ridiculous. But anyways, that will do it, guys, um, for this week's episode of uh, Real Man Colon, a movie podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. If you're watching on YouTube uh, and you want an audio-only version of the podcast, link will be in the description below for that. If you're listening on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, iTunes, or SoundCloud, link will be in the description below if you want to watch a video version. And Facebook Live, thank you for watching. You guys are awesome. Please continue to comment down below, and I will continue to do these. Um, all right, so Facebook Live just went out, so that's how bad my uh, internet connection is. Uh, so sorry, Facebook Live. Um, but that was pretty much the show anyways. Uh, but yeah, as far as this right now, uh, for episode 140 next week, um, I believe it's Jason Bourne and Bad Moms. I really just want to see Jason Bourne. That's what you guys are going to get. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I'm probably just going to review Jason Bourne. I've never seen any of the Bourne movies, so this will be very fun. And uh, I'm really excited to kind of review that and whatnot. If I review Bad Moms, God help me. So, uh, yeah. So, next week, 140, guys. Jason Bourne, for sure. It's going to be a fun episode. So, thank you guys for joining once again. I'm Chase Lee. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at RealChaseLee. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Follow on Spreaker. Write a review on iTunes. Rate iTunes. Do whatever it takes uh, to uh, just show me the love and appreciation, guys. You guys are awesome. I really appreciate you guys listening and watching every single week. Please have a good week, good weekend, watch some movies, and uh, yeah, even though I didn't like Lights Out, the fucking creature is terrifying, so uh, sleep with your lights on tonight, and uh, hey, listen, if you were not a movie fan and you made it through this entire podcast, hopefully I convinced you to be one. Episode 140, guys, I'll see you guys next week. Uh, the intro and outro music is done by my friend's band, Fervent Rose. I will play them right now. Check them out, link in the description below. Peace out, everyone. Have a good day, good night, whenever the hell you're listening to this. Goodbye. Oh, man. Facebook Live. Sometimes it's very shoddy. (laughs) I'll see you guys later.